Grab your highlighters. Can't find them? They're probably right there in your pocket protector. It's time for that early childhood nerd podcast. Let's get nerdy. Here's Heather. Hello and welcome to another episode of That Early Childhood Nerd. I'm Heather Burnt Santi. I'm very excited today because my co-host is Tamar Jacobson, who uh, is the author of a couple of books, most recently uh, a book called Everyone Needs Attention, Helping Young Children Thrive. Uh, Tamar, I'm going to let you talk about yourself a little bit here. Okay. Well, um, a, a couple of weeks ago, I turned 70, so <laughs> I'm heading into a senior age, very much so. Good for um, you. <laughs> and I'm retiring as a professor of early childhood education from Ryder University, but I'm continuing to be a consultant and uh, a presenter in the field of early childhood education. So Great. that's kind of where I'm up to now, and I, I live in Philadelphia. Okay. And I have two marvelous cats. <laughs> I only have one cat. I'm down to one. Usually I'll, I have been known to have more, but right now I'm down to one. Um, and she, she's a good girl. Um, so some of you listeners may know or remember that two or three weeks ago, I don't even really remember how long ago it was, um, I posted on my That Early Childhood Nerd Facebook page um, a, a photo of a page from your book. I was, I'm, I'm off for the summer, so I have a reading list, and I, this was on the top. So I was reading through it on my couch, and I hit that page, and it was so powerful. So I took a picture and shared it, and then it, it went pretty crazy for a while. Um, I think the last time I looked, the, um, there were almost 30,000 shares. Oh, maybe it was up to 50 now. Uh, oh my! Yeah, I think it's up to fifty-seven thousand shares now that I say that, and oh, <laughs> I know it was amazing. Um, and and so we're gonna get to the quote that started it here in a minute, but um, but I, it just really clearly impacted a lot of people, um, and so I, I was fortunate enough to um, to be able to to convince Tamar to be on the podcast so we could um, explore it a little f- more fully. So here's the, the specific quote that really caught my attention and I think um, has, has been causing the stir online. And this is from, again, that book, Everyone Needs Attention, Helping Young Children Thrive. When we replace wanting attention with its negative connotation with wanting relationship, we start thinking of different ways we can respond. So, so first, I want to thank you for that perspective, and and that shift in language. I am I am a big believer in the idea that if we change the words we use, we can change our our, our thinking, our actions, our relationships with children, um, with everyone. But you know, specifically, I'm talking about children usually on this on this podcast. So, yeah. so that was really powerful to read that. Um, so, so I'd like to invite you just to talk about that a little bit. Yeah. Um, as a matter of fact, um, because it went so viral, which I think that's the expression. I think you're um, right. <laughs> and somebody alerted me It, it to feels it, so, so pretentious to say it went viral, but you're right. That's what it did. It actually did. Um, NBC News, the international um, website called Think, that does an analysis of news items, contacted me to write um, 
an op-ed, which I did, and it was uh, very well received as well. Mm -hmm. So I think you're right that this does resonate with people, this, um, this notion of just shifting the word a little bit. And in actual fact, I sort of came upon it in two ways. Mm -hmm. One was I was talking about it with my grown son, who's 45, um, and this was a couple of years ago. And he said, what are you working on? And I said, I'm, you know, I have this, I, I think about how children need attention and how difficult it is for teachers to give them attention and how they find it difficult even that they want the attention. Um, so I'm sort of thinking about writing a book about that. And he said, well, you know, it's, it's much more complicated than just wanting attention. It's, it's, it's got a lot of factors in there. He was very wise about it. And I... And I did actually put that in the book because right now he's saying that it was his idea. So he's very <laughs> angry that he hasn't been quoted. Well, he could have come on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it is not his idea. <laughs> as much as I love him. Yeah. But uh, I was literally doing a presentation at NAEYC and I was talking with the, uh, the, the participants about discipline and they were all of them fixated on this notion about children needing attention, which I have encountered many, many times. Mm -hmm. um, and it was always so negative. Their, their stories were always so negative and they were so frustrated and fed up. Um, and I, I just suddenly said, you know, what if we just, you know, changed the word and said that they weren't doing it for relationship? And there was this amazing sort of stunned silence in the room. And then a few seconds later, people started really talking about it in, a, in such a constructive and uh, positive and caring, kind sort of way. The whole conversation shifted. And so that's why I added it right at the beginning of the book. I was wondering whether to add it sort of later on. Because, mm -hmm. you know, in the book, I've got a lot of things, not just um, that. I've got how right. to design the environment to help children when they're needing attention and so forth. Right. But that that line in that conference really, and I was uh, very impressed with that. Now, by the way, uh -huh. I got the idea, well, I mean, I've been in the field for 40 years or whatever, <laughs> so I've gotten the idea from many, many things. But uh, Bruce Perry, who's the, uh, such a, a, a wonderful person who talks about brain development mm -hmm. um, from the Child Trauma Academy, I uh, highly recommend anybody find him and see him and hear him. He's just amazing. Uh -huh. um, he talks about relationships as being key for brain development and for attachment and so forth. And it's so much so that I dedicated a chapter to him in my mind. <laughs> I, I think I call it relationships, relationships, relationships. Uh -huh. I can't remember which chapter that is. Uh -huh. but, but I think that that... That is key. Mm -hmm. And if we can focus on that, I think we, we're, we're going to be able to then relate to children and why they need maybe that attention. Yeah, absolutely. I think it, it meets with less uh, either defensiveness or, or argument if we can frame it in terms of relationship. So often any conversation about um, children's behavior in particular centers around this power struggle. And I think that's where this, um, well, they're just doing it for attention. So if I don't give them attention, they don't win. Um, that's, right. that's really, nobody wins in that, you know, the adult may feel like they win, but they haven't. <laughs> right. And if um, we can but, change that to talk about relationships, it's harder to argue with. Right. Well, you know, Heather, I think that the, the, the main, 
the main focus of all my books, actually, is, you know, what we bring into the relationship, right? So that how we were brought up as children and our early childhood experiences affect how we relate to people going forward. Mm-hmm. And so I think that that disciplines especially is such an intimate part of upbringing um, and with people who, you know, cared for us, whatever that means, because mm-hmm. for some people it's the caring. But um, but they were our our main people, right. our, the significant adults in our lives. And uh, we carry those survival um, experiences that we learned from our parents for the rest of our lives. It's almost like an indoctrination, actually. And so I think it's absolutely imperative for educators. Counselors know this already. But I think educators need to be all the time reflective about how how did I come to be me and how does this affect my work with children and families. And attention getting is, is right up there. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. did I receive attention? Didn't I receive attention? What kind of attention did I receive? That makes me then when I'm approaching children, I'm sort of pouring into them all the stuff that I mm-hmm. good or bad. Right, right. And I think about other other areas and I'll use for an example, uh, process versus product art. If I say yes. to someone, you know, I, I you might think about um, focusing more on the process and not so much on the product, that that's a little bit easier conversation to have because they don't have all of those those deep other connections. I'm not I'm not being very articulate into articulate in this, but if we're talking about relationships with children and investing time with them and paying attention and helping them with behaviors um, that are challenging to us. We have to unpack all what you just described, all of our own relationships with people who were in those positions with us. And if if I say that maybe that was not the best way, then what am I saying about these important people in my life? And it's a much deeper, harder conversation to have. But it's also the thing I get asked about most when I'm doing trainings or anything with with people who work with children. Right. Is how do I help with their behavior? So it's it's. Things like this, this reframing that you've suggested, I think, can be really powerful. Yeah, well, one of the things that I talk about in the book, actually, is our mindset and our worldview and how we learned that. Um, I mean, do we do we see it, the world as a really harsh place out there that we've got to prepare children for very harshly so that they, you know, that they know what to expect when they go out there into the, that very tough world out there? Or do we have a mindset that, you know, it's kinder, you can sort of trust people? And we we learn that very early on, Mm -hmm. that mindset. But, you know, the good news is we can change the mindset. We may not be able to change all our emotional memories, Mm -hmm. but we can can shift the way we look at the world. But we first have to sort of become aware of where we got the the worldview from in the first place. Right. Maybe that person teaching us that worldview, you know, was really caring about us and wanted us to be safe. Mm-hmm. But we kind of don't need that anymore. Right. We need to, to shift that. So um, I think that goes hand in hand with, you know, with what we do. Now, I had a somebody said to me something recently. Oh, it was a friend who I was on a walk with. And she said, but, you know, what do you do day to day? It's all very well saying that give them a relationship, but what do you do here and now when 
can you just describe to me what I must do? <laughs> right? Yes. And she and she was sort of implicating also implying that I you know, that I'm just being kind all the time and you can't always be kind. But I, I think discipline is is boundaries and sure, setting boundaries sure. is very important. Yes. You know. So you know, you can still give attention and set a boundary. It's mm-hmm. that you know it's, Yeah. It's, not one or the other. Yeah. So so I wanted to kind of go in that direction, too. And the, the chapter that this quote we're talking about is followed, I think, directly by a chapter about self-regulation. Yes. And, um, and that was also really interesting and, and, and valuable for me. But as, as I was reading, and I didn't read all the comments on that Facebook experience because I couldn't right. keep up with them and it was starting right. to actually freak me out a little bit. Um, <laughs> but there were the most people were overwhelmingly in agreement, but there were a couple people who in in those initial comments who would come in with sort of a behaviorist perspective saying, yeah, except when um right. or but we can't always let them get what they're what they're asking for so can you speak to that a little bit or maybe just talk about yourself your ideas about self-regulation yeah you know i think that the minute that um people who are very behaviorist inclined Mm -hmm. you know hear the word well give them relationship um they're worried that you're going to give them too much positive reinforcement and then you you sort of make them do the bad thing over and over again Mm -hmm. um and i think self to be able to regulate oneself is very important to live in society and, and, and then become a citizen of the world. Of course, I, I absolutely agree with the, with the idea of it. Mm-hmm. The problem is, is if we've had a punitive upbringing, we're going to then take that, make that the excuse and say, well, she's got to self-regulate, so now let her sit there quietly for, for 10 minutes and think about what she's done. Right. Whereas, you know, a three or four year old really doesn't sit there thinking about what they've done. <laughs> no. Mostly they I, I mean I had a four year old in, in a preschool who who was literally she came afterwards and said she was literally plotting to come back with a machine gun another day and kill us all. Oh. She was a sophisticated thinker. Yeah. So I mean we don't know what they're thinking about sure. sitting out there in, in time out. Yeah. So I think yeah. that self regulation is very good, but it doesn't have to be punitive. We don't have to leave them out there alone to struggle with this notion because mm-hmm. they're still learning. Right. Um, and I, I don't see it as positive reinforcement for bad behavior. I see it as relating to the human being who's having an issue of some kind. Yeah. And you know, even if a child wants to wear a green dress instead of a red dress, who am I to say that that's the wrong choice? I mean, maybe she can't today because the green dress is in the laundry. Mm-hmm. And so I understand your pain. Right, but we have to wear the red dress, and we can sit together and cry about that because that's really sad. Sure, right, sure, and I, I think that's a really good point that that giving attention and and responding to that child's request for attention, even if it's been requested in what we would define as an inappropriate way, right. doesn't always mean doing what they want you to do. And, right. and I think maybe that's kind of what you're saying. It's it's more about our attitude and how we approach having to say no in that situation or does that make sense? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Instead of just making it this black and white um, power struggle. Right. 
Right. And um, I mean, I think our, our childhoods definitely come into play. But also what comes into play is that we have a lot of children and very few hands, mm-hmm. which is something that's sort of out of our control. I mean, I used to literally wear children when I was a preschool <laughs> teacher. I'd have them on my back and I'd carry them and so forth. But um, it, that is a, a, a big problem that I'm not... Um, I don't discard it lightly. I understand yeah. that it's hard work. It's terrible hard work. And sometimes you really cannot spend that time that you need to spend. Yeah. Yeah. So there was a there was a quote or two in that in that self-regulation chapter, and I didn't run this by you before, so I'm sorry if this feels like I'm That's bringing okay. something new That's on okay. you, but I figure it's your work, so you can speak to right. it. Not that um, I always remember what I've said. <laughs> so this is in the, re- the self-regulation chapter. Um, And you say, uh, I'm concerned that when adults focus on self-regulation so obsessively, it's often more about the teacher's or parent's personal agenda or anxieties. Um, Yes. And so I wanted to ask you to talk about that a little bit. Yeah, well, that might include, for example, that, uh, you know, that the director's walking by the door and I've got to look like my my room's in control. (laughs) And so I quickly time out that kid so that I can carry on reading that really important Disney story or 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 maybe I'm going to talk about the weather for three hours but I mean and (laughs) yes right I mean curriculum is so important here by the way so I mean my my personal agenda and anxiety could be a million different things Uh most often it's about how people are looking at me and am I being in control here Mm -hmm. of this room um, most often that's it. Yeah. Um, there are, of course, the occasions that I'm feeling that um, I'm in a power struggle with this kid and I've got to show them who's boss, which is so funny for me when I think about it because, I mean, the child is two and I am <laughs> 40, right? Uh-huh. So how can you possibly have power over me? I can pick you up in a minute and just, <laughs> right? Yes, yes. <laughs> it's like those parents who won't go home because they can't, the child says no. Because they're waiting for permission from the two-year-old right. to leave, yes. I to, when I was director of the child kids, and I had to go up to the parents and say, pick him up. Yes, you know, me too. All yeah. have to do is pick you, him you up. You can just take him now. <laughs> so the rest really of us are going home. I don't why you would get into a power struggle unless you've become two-year-old yourself. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's what I'm meaning by anxiety yeah. or your own agenda. Yeah, I, I, I've said for a while now that I think Teachers need to be given permission, early childhood, whoever, whatever your role is um, when you're working with young children, given permission to define your success in a way other than how much control it looks like you have. Right. And I, I think that just becoming more familiar with the why behind what we're doing gives us a lot of that, that opportunity to redefine how we are successful. You know, sadly, not all early childhood uh, teachers have studied enough child development mm-hmm. or understand child development. Yeah. And that's, that is critical. Right. Cause I mean, if we're comparing a three-year-old to ourselves, then we're in real deep trouble exactly. in terms of how to deal with it. Yeah. You know, child development is critical. Yes. I think, I think um, too often I see that teacher preparation coming in the form of focusing on curriculum. Yes. And, and not on child development. And I, I think I would agree with what, you, what you're saying there. No, I took a sabbatical one semester and I came back and they had taken away the child development course. Oh, no. 
the department because I was the only early childhood instructor there at the time. Uh-huh. And I was appalled. So I put it back just for the early childhood people. Right. Uh, but they had taken it off for the other uh, elementary ed, which was right. just appalling to Yeah, me. it makes no sense to me because you cannot separate all those other elements from the learner in a right. child. That's, their whole self is coming to you regardless of your setting. Right. And, and, and again, it's, it's so complex, um, the idea of self-regulation and the idea of discipline and needing attention. Um, because if children are really... Um, engaged in important, relevant work, um, so much of the behavior issues just fall by the wayside because they're busy and they're feeling um, part of a group and they're accomplished and they're not having their intelligence sort of demeaned. You know, when we do those stupid little activities all the time, we're, we're just demeaning their intelligence they're so smart young children yes yeah I I think that's uh what Lily and Katz would describe as focusing on their academic skill and not their intellectual ability exactly and and I think we fall into that trap yeah because so many of us didn't have the access to intellectual uh mind expansion you know it's a big problem yeah again it's our early childhood experiences that affect us all the time Mm mm-hmm so I wanted to give you a chance also to talk about uh, the Don't Get So Upset book. If you if you want to oh. just give a quick, quick plug for that, too, because I read sure. that a few years ago and it was also very powerful. Actually, <laughs> Tiffany Pearson and I bought it on the same day and raced to see who could get through it first. Oh, um, what a lovely and, story. <laughs> and then we just talked and talked about it. So would, would you like to talk about that one a little bit? Sure, sure. Um, my first book, which I didn't write with uh, Red Leaf Press, was with Heinemann and it was about bias. It was called Confronting Our Discomfort, Clearing the Way for Anti-Bias. Uh-huh. And in there, I describe uh, a support group that I facilitated with child care um, workers, uh, teachers, um, who were wanting to work on their biases. And out of that group, we worked for four months together. Uh, reading the anti-bias book and talking about our biases and where we got them from and so forth. Out of that came a lot of um, other stuff because they would talk a lot about anger and discipline issues and things that weren't related so much to the anti-bias curriculum. Mm -hmm. And I thought about it a lot and I thought, well, you know, I think I need to write a book about discipline specifically and how teachers... um, feel about discipline relating it back to how they were disciplined as children because I I keep going back to what we bring into a situation Mm -hmm. Um, and you know I pitched it to Red Leaf and they liked it so that's how it came about I I wasn't crazy about the title at the time but right now I think it's quite a good title yeah it it Um, gets people's attention (laughs) which is a good thing in a title yeah, exactly. your anti-bias book is on my Amazon wish list. I'm just waiting for someone to buy it for me, but that's also oh. on my reading list. Oh, Heather, you know what? You you email me your address and I'll send you a copy. Oh, my God. <laughs> Absolutely. Are you kidding me? You, oh. you put me on the map, kid. <laughs> okay, I'll see if I'm brave enough to do that when we're done recording. Oh, just here. send me your address and oh I'll send gosh. you a copy. Oh, that's but so, so kind. So that was what the the main premise of that book was, Uh about discipline in general. Uh And what I found when I asked people, and I still do in workshops, how you were disciplined as children, it is Mm mind-blasting 
up until today, the way uh, people have been disciplined, mm-hmm. with such harsh punishments, like you cannot imagine, kneeling on rice, yeah. uh, being oh. beaten with switches and belts, mm-hmm. and and it doesn't matter the culture or the age or anything. It is so it is so sad mm-hmm. and so. Every time I look at that list together with the audience, I want to cry. Right. It's so it's so hurtful. And, and these are people yeah. working with children. Yes. Right? And it's astonishing to me that people can look at that kind of experience and and say, but I'm okay, so right. So I so I can continue these kinds of experiences with people I'm parenting or working with now. And um, what does it mean I'm okay? Yes. Uh, am I am I okay when I'm having a migraine instead of expressing my anger? Mm-hmm. Am I okay if I'm eating a lot because I'm feeling so empty inside mm-hmm. um, or uh-huh. worthless or, or all these feelings that I have based on what how I went through those punishments and right. those humiliations, right? Right. Um, so I'm okay is it can be unpacked if we're willing to do that, mm-hmm. and it's very painful to do that. It is. It's hard to do, and I sort of have. Um, uh, sort of an op- opposite experience where I I do what I do because I don't want to repeat what was done to me, right? When I was when I was a child, and and so then it's even more difficult for me to have conversations with people who sort of are clinging to that or or not, you know. So there's just so many layers, um, whether we we're can, talking to each other or with children. About and this. we can overcompensate in that in that area too. Yes, like I also do that. You know, and I can tend to be too kind in quotation marks because <laughs> yes. you know I'm so scared of that other the other way. Yeah, and I me have too. to realize to pull back, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. But so, as I as I went all over the country and also the world presenting on this uh, "Don't Get So Upset" book, uh-huh. what kept coming up was children. What do I do with these children who need attention? Um, and so I pitched to Redleaf, can we just republish don't get so upset with an extra chapter on attention mm-hmm. and they said nope we want a book <laughs> well thanks Redleaf, because <laughs> i think that's exactly what needed to happen um, so that's how this this last book came about okay well i i have really um it's one of those books where it might have almost saved my time to highlight the stuff that wasn't as meaningful <laughs> instead because it's almost pure highlighting um, <laughs> as I was it. reading through it. So I want to thank you for writing it. And I thank Redleaf for suggesting that it should be a whole book for, uh, for that purpose. Um, this has been really wonderful. Thank you so much for joining me. Is there any last thought? Um, or well, I want to, th- I want to thank you, uh, Heather. I do. Um, I mean, I, I understand that, 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 that page really caught on and it was something that people want, wanted to hear actually. Mm-hmm in some form or fashion, either for themselves personally, like, oh, I I could have gotten attention too as a child, Mm -hmm. or because it gives us permission to be a little bit, just a little bit kinder to children. Um, But I I really appreciate that you put that page up and uh, allowed it to go viral in that way. Good. And I also appreciate this podcast very much. Thank you so much. Thank you. I will tell you before we, before we stop, that um, someone, so I posted on Facebook and I think maybe Tiffany tagged you in the comments. And then I was yes. terrified because I was like, oh, they're going to get me for copyright infringement. Oh. <laughs> for, for 
taking a picture of that page and putting it all over because I'm just always thinking in weird ways like that. So I'm well, glad no, it actually, ended differently. But you, you, you did actually put the title of the book. Yes, yes. So that's so you. It's it's it was perfectly fine. Yeah. Oh, good. And and I'm very happy to get that word out. I, I, to me, it's so important. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad it. I'm glad it's out there too. And so thank you for giving it to us. Yes, you're um, welcome. Now, don't you forget to give me your home address. Okay. I'm okay. Okay. All right. Well, I'm going to end the recording. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Just a minute. Thank you guys, everybody, for listening. Um, and come back next week for another episode of That Early Childhood Nerd. And that's the show. Now, go get your nerd on.